I never thought about Blaine being a spirit. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Blame removes the possibility for grace in our lives. I can feel like my relationships are battered and fragile at best. a terrible day and it is all your fault. Hey, does that sound familiar? Does someone blame you for all their problems? I mean, have you pointed your finger at someone in your life for the things that go wrong? Do you have your favorite blame person? Or perhaps you're blaming yourself and you haven't forgiven yourself and it was 30 years ago. I'm Dr. Greg Chance and today on Life, Love and Family, we're talking about the harmful effects of blaming and how to overcome it for good. Now, suppose you're at work and a costly mistake is made. Your supervisor actually did drop the ball and an important client now decides, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. And the head of the department's demanding an explanation. But your supervisor, he starts shifting the blame. I didn't receive the request in time to respond to it. My team was supposed to remind me about the meeting. This isn't the first time your supervisor tried to pin his mistakes on your team. And what do you do about it? Do you come forward with the truth? And if you do, you might be fired. Have to carry around the blame for somebody else and it's something that you didn't do. You may be living today with somebody who has developed what I call a spirit of blame. You rarely ever hear them take responsibility for anything that they do. In fact, you know you're going to be blamed. This is really hard if you live with this person or work with this person. And here's how to know we're in trouble. The thing about blaming is it doesn't happen just once. The person who uses blame to escape responsibility and really admitting their own failures and their own weaknesses, will use this tactic over and over again. And after a while, you find that you may be taking the blame. You see, the blamer, as I talk about in the book I wrote, Healing the Scars of Emotional Abuse, the blamer always has to be right. If you have a conversation with them, it's not a conversation. In fact, 
They are telling you what's wrong with what you did. And pretty soon, not only do you feel responsible for the immediate issue at hand, but you feel responsible for everything in their life. You see, they can be two things, very cunning and very controlling and cause you to feel like it really is your fault. Living in this kind of situation can create for you a lot of depression. Now, what if you're the blamer? What if you're the person that over time has picked up on this spirit of blame? Maybe you learned it growing up. Maybe you grew up in a home where you saw your parents fighting and one was always blaming the other and you didn't really realize how much this affected you. And today, now, you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s and you've carried on this hallmark of blame. And you know what? You'll say things like, well, if only my wife or my husband didn't nag me all the time, we'd get along better. If the neighbor took better care of his lawn or his lawn mower, you know, it wouldn't have broke when I borrowed it. Maybe you've excused your own bad behavior and hurtful interactions with your brother because he made you mad. You say things like, he made me mad. And the real question for us to look at today, has this pattern of blame brought you to the peace you've been looking for? See, with blame and blaming others or being on the receiving end of blame, you can develop a whole system of reality that is distorted. Because if you're taking on the responsibility for somebody else, or if you may be stepping into a pattern of trying to overplease, trying not to say things to them so that you don't get blamed, and you become dishonest with your own feelings. That's a sign of trouble. If you're withholding, if you're afraid and you're not sharing your own feelings, you're going to put yourself in a place of being a victim. Let me just share this. Over the last 30 years at the center, a place of hope, we've helped many, many understand their need to change this blame shifting and help them find this underlying cause of fear and anger they're experiencing. Sometimes, Free-floating anxiety can really be blame. You're feeling responsible. You're feeling uneasy. You feel like you can't please the person. And you may find yourself just waiting to see, when's it going to happen again? And you begin to develop hypersensitivity to just reading their ever move to see if blame is coming around the corner. And maybe today, there is something that's really important that you need to talk about with a loved one and you're holding back because you're afraid of being in a place of being blamed for something. A spirit of blame. You know, this can develop a spiritual stronghold in our life where we really remove from our personalities, if you will, the fruits of the spirit. Self-control being one that's so important. Gentleness. And if we find ourselves living a pattern of blame, we have lost self-control, love, and gentleness in our lives. We also have lost grace. Blame removes the possibility for grace in our lives. 
And grace means that I'm going to give another person another chance and I'm going to love. I'm not going to look for faults. We can do that all day long looking for faults. You may have a boss or an employer that you feel like they're always looking for what's wrong and you can never please. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about blame and a habitual pattern of being victimized because somebody else is not taking responsibility. I never thought about blame being a spirit that actually can take away your grace or a sense of peace that it brings on anxiety and depression. If you've been hurt by blaming or if you've hurt someone else by blaming him maybe to avoid the consequences of your actions, you can break the cycle today. 888-771-5166. The Center, a place of hope. We're here to help and to be a resource. We can get to a place of being so victimized that we find ourselves at a place of deep despair and depression. And if you feel like you can't please anybody and that you're no longer pleasing, I don't look good enough, I'm not good enough, Mm. I don't feel like emotionally I have any value, I can feel like my relationships are battered and fragile at best. If that's you, it's called being battered by blame. And being battered by blame can etch away a real sense of self and create this deep despair and depression. Kara's in studio with me today, and we are talking about different forms of blame. Self-blame is one of these, and it can lead to great negative effects as well. You see, self-blame can emerge if we've been living in a pattern of being victimized with blame. Listen to the person's language. Usually they have no interest in asking you how you feel about something. They're telling you how you feel about it. What happens is it's going to shift it to, well, it must be my fault. And then I begin to blame myself. Oh, you know, we have a question actually from Pete. He says, can you break the cycle of 30 years of self-blame? He says when he was 16, he made a stupid driving mistake and he hit a 12-year-old boy on a bicycle. This is 30 years ago. The boy is now a man. He does wear a prosthetic for his leg. So it was a very, very serious accident. But he says, overall, the man that he hit has a wonderful family. His family's forgiven him years ago. All is well. But he can't forgive himself. And he says that he's really hurt a series of relationships. And he went to a counselor and the counselor says he's sabotaging his relationships because he needs to forgive himself. I believe that counselor is probably right on. But Pete says, how do I do that? And I'm so glad for Pete's question today because one of the things that happens is when I get into self-blame, I'm probably not practicing self-forgiveness. Here's the issue to look at. If I'm not practicing self-forgiveness, then I'm probably having a hard time forgiving others. If I'm practicing self-forgiveness and forgiving myself, it's going to be then easier to forgive others. So I'm going to say to Pete today, how's it working for you? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I have to bridge the gap from self-blame to self-forgiveness. And maybe I need to start by writing a list of all the things. And by the way, let's time this. Pete, give it 30 minutes and stop (laughs) because you can go on and on probably. Here are all the things that are unresolved in my life. Now, you notice I didn't say blame, but here are all the issues that are unresolved. You know, when my sixth grade teacher said that I was dumb, 
when my parents asked me why I couldn't be as smart as my sister. Mm. Okay, what are all those injuries? What are all those areas of your life that have been really in some way shattered because a judgment was made about you? And that judgment is very painful. And look at the pattern of those in your life. These are things that were said about me. These are ways I was hurt. These are things that were traumatizing. Maybe you've got a pretty good list. Or it could be one major event that was so traumatizing where you either felt significant betrayal or you felt significant sense of harm emotionally where you were feeling in a relationship very hurt. Maybe there were some things that were said that were very painful, and maybe you were blamed for something that wasn't your fault. We've seen this many times early on in a person's life where they felt blamed, judged. Early on, they felt then that they were defective because developing this sense of unforgiveness towards ourselves really creates a sense of shame in our life, and that shame then causes us to be unforgiving towards ourselves. So, Pete, I want you to take a look at that list, and then you may need to have somebody come alongside you, a professional counselor, a person that's probably not a family member, but somebody that's got some wisdom and discernment who can pray with you, but also help you arrive at a place of forgiveness where you're going to be able to say, these events in my life, I know that I have forgiven. I have peace about that. And I'm no longer going to be ruled by those in my life. I wanted to mention a great resource for you. It's the book, Controlling Your Anger Before It Controls You by Dr. Greg Jans. You can find it at aplaceofhope.com. Today we are talking about blaming behavior. Blaming destroys. The center is a place of hope. 888-771-5166. As we look at this topic of self-blame or being a victim of blame, which can cause some self-blame, I want you to look at, do I have areas of unforgiveness in my life? Blame simply implies there's an intentional act of wrongdoing. Sometimes as human beings, have you noticed, we make mistakes. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Yeah, we make mistakes. And if you live with somebody who's developed this spirit of blame, your mistake can be repackaged into something that it never was intended to be. A person could read into your motivations and say, you did that because you're mad at me. You did that because, and they can add some name calling or name blame. They can say, you know, you were an idiot. And so they take something, a mistake in your life, repackage it, and it moves over to this blame. I want to acknowledge these are very painful, very difficult situations to live with. And it doesn't leave any room for normal human failures that we all have, or we live in, of course, in an imperfect world. And carrying this blame for things that go wrong can lead, as I've mentioned, to shame and a sense of real low self-esteem. Let me mention, too, we can get to a place where we feel like we're unlovable to God, that God doesn't love us. Mm. And we can develop a codependent relationship with this person that is blaming us for everything. In other words, we're constantly trying to please them so we're no longer blamed. And we're using that pleasing behavior as a shield towards their anger of us. Blame can be actually a key to understanding that a person is a very angry person with unforgiveness in their own life. 
that's so important to grasp and understand this. If you have a situation or a person you're living with and they're doing a lot of blaming, and we're talking about a pattern over time, that really can lead us to a very angry and very hurt person who likely needs some forgiveness in their life. Self-forgiveness, forgiveness from God, forgiveness for others. Let me also mention, and this is very difficult, if you're married with a person who's a blamer, it's an intimacy robber. And they'll put on the glasses of blame, which will distort reality, and motivations will get misread, and they will look through those glasses of distortion, and it will cause a sense that I can't be close to them because emotionally they're not trusted. All right, we should talk about, Kara, the healthy side of this as well. There is another way out. Well, that would be good to know. We have a question from Susan who says she actually wants to know if blaming is a good thing. She says that her husband comes home from work, and a lot of days he's just feeling so angry and so upset. She can tell something's wrong with him because he starts blaming everybody at the office. This happened, that happened, so-and-so did this, and so forth. But she says when in the past she has tried to stop this, venting is what she calls it he gets mad at her blows up at her but as long as he seems to be able to just kind of share his blame and spit it all out there he feels better he calms down and is that really so bad well susan thank you for this brave question two things you want to look for here susan one is make sure that you're not the one receiving all this poison and toxins (laughs) okay Be careful because it's easy to be a sponge and to soak it all up because he's talking to you. Make sure he's sharing with you, not projecting it on you. Mm. You know, we all need our spouse or a loved one or a friend to listen to us if we've had a tough day or something's gone not so well. A true friend is a listening friend. But listening also means that you can have a dialogue and ask questions and seek clarification. If a person is emotionally dumping their toxic waste on you, there is no interchange and you're going to end up, here's the term I want you to remember, you're going to feel slimed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're going to feel like, I just got to get this off me because you've been the toxic dump site for all the blame and really the anger. Blame masquerades really as anger. Mm. So keep that in mind, Susan. The other piece to look for is suggest that you will uh, listen to a difficult situation for about 10 minutes. Sweetheart, I really care. I care about what you're going through, what happened. Let's talk about this for 10 minutes, and then I just really want to have time with you. Put a buffer around it of time. If you don't, it's okay to lift up your watch and go, you know, you know we got another minute. <laughs> it sounds like this is really important to you, and I really do care. If you begin to do this, as artificial as it may seem, over time, you're going to actually train the other person and yourself to really say what's most important in a shorter period of time, and you're not going to feel so slimed. And be sure that you move on from there. Two things. Acknowledge, yes, it was really difficult. I can see how you're feeling, and I'm really sorry. And I do care about how this has affected you. But don't do a lot of things that say, I agree, your boss is a jerk. (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm. don't step those lines. All right, Susan, give it a try. Blame and its related cousin, 
shame, blame and shame live together. So if you're a blamer, inside you is this sense that something is wrong and shame means I feel defective. If I feel defective and I have anger and I don't know where to put it or how to resolve it, it goes on to other people. Person who's a blamer really truly has a fragile sense of identity and really they have not been able to get their full sense of love and understanding really of God's love for them. But that's that's where this needs to go. You might have some questions about this, the blame and shame cousins that live together and how that makes you feel. We've mentioned a couple of books so far. One is Healing the Scars of Emotional Abuse. This is by Dr. Greg Jantz. Another one is Controlling Your Anger Before It Controls You. You can find both of these resources and a lot more at aplaceofhope.com, 888-771-5166. There are warning signs that blame could be moving over towards emotional abuse. Emotional abuse is using words in order to control you. And if you feel greatly blamed and you're receiving a barrage of words, there may be a boundary that's been stepped over where there's name calling. Mm -hmm. And this can happen in marriages. This can happen in employment situations where there's so much blame that it's stepped over and it really has crossed over to be emotionally abusive. And you're living in, at times, a very hostile environment. A person who's doing this emotional abuse may not even be using a lot of words. They may have you so well-trained, they're just giving you that look. And you feel paralyzed by that look because behind it is fear, behind it is judgment, And you may be feeling like a real victim. This is a sign that this blame has crossed over to emotional abuse. I realize that this is a difficult topic today because, indeed, we could be living with somebody who has developed a real blameful spirit and you don't see any self-responsibility. You probably don't see them initiating forgiveness. You probably do not hear them say, I am really sorry. Please forgive me. I, I said some things that I regret and I really do love and care about you. And here's the danger because they live a life that says, I'm right. I'm right. And if I'm right, that means I'm righteous and you're wrong. So this can be kind of a spiritual warfare is what it sounds like. And it can step over to spiritual abuse. Okay. Because a person who does this can really misuse scriptures. Right. They can really hammer us with with scriptures, they can be very demanding. And at times, a person who's full of blame is going to be looking for the next thing they can find that's wrong. They're going to find it. They're going to find the mistake. This is very, not only toxic, this is going to destroy a relationship in any sense of what a healthy relationship is. We see folks that have become so battered and they'll end up being so emotionally abused that they feel despondent. They feel depressed. They have a lot of anxiety. They're not sleeping well. Maybe they're on some medication to help settle them down for depression. They're living in that environment that continues to really pelt them, if you will, with ongoing blame and emotional abuse. You see, an emotional abuser, one of their tools they'll use is that of blame. So I can pull out my blame tool and that's a way I can win an argument. Now, what happens if that blame tool is used against God? 
if the person has had a relationship with God, but then something terrible happens, maybe they lose a grandchild, for example. And so it's all God's fault, right? Where was God? Exactly. They can't look there. What do we do then? And they may be saying things, if God loved me, I mean, really loved me, he wouldn't have done this. Right. And they can then do another grand canyon leap to go you know god doesn't love me i'm unlovable some people go so far as to say god can't exist because of this and that's what i mean by a grand canyon leap you've made such a broad and huge leap in your judgment that you're no longer thinking clearly do you have any suggestions when you have a person of faith that, or you know that they've always had this relationship and they seem to be walking away i'm going to love them i am Christ to them, so to speak. Right. And so they need to feel heard, need to feel listened to, they need to feel honored in the relationship and not argued with. So if they say, God must not love me at all, our tendency is go, well, no, 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 God loves you. Right. <laughs> of course he loves you. How could you say that? <laughs> and, right. And, and then you get into this debate and dialogue that's not going to go anywhere. You might want to say, based on what's been going on, I, I can see how you'd feel that way. Number one goal is identify just with their feelings. Don't argue with them. Mm -hmm. Just having that sure makes a difference. Sometimes when we can vent things without arguing, it's refreshing. And a true friend is is just that. They're going to listen. My life has led me down the road that's so uncertain. And now I am left alone and I am broken. Trying to find my way, trying to find the faith that's gone. Give me revelation, show me what to do. Cause I've been trying to find my way, I haven't got a clue. And tell me, should I stay here? Or do I need to move? Give me revelation, I've got nothing with Today, we're talking about ending the blame game. And there is nothing that's fun about this behavior. Blaming interferes with true responsibility and acceptance. It can lead to reduced empathy on part of the blamer and low self-esteem for the one who endures it. Blame becomes a pattern of damage in our relationships, and it reinforces the feeling that you're never good enough. As you've listened today, maybe for the first time, you recognize that either you're engaging in this behavior, you've got a spirit of blame, or you're living with somebody that does, and you need help. The good news is there is hope, and we can together today start to change things. We've got to take a few action steps. This could be the first time that you begin to move in a direction of enjoying life again and seeing yourself as Christ sees you. We'd love to help. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz. I'm founder of the center, A Place of Hope. And together with Dr. Tim Clinton and Life, Love, and Family, we do have all the resources you need to get started. Call us anytime, 855-455-3264, 855-455-3264. I want to say thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. If you want to share what you've heard today, you can hear the program again or send it to somebody you love from our website, lifeloveandfamily.net. God wants you to have a life of true peace and joy. 
you can control your anger before it controls you, and you can move also from being a victim. You can find self-acceptance and restore your relationships. Life, love, and family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated, and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166. Or for help right now, visit aplaceofhope.com. 